Welcome back to Turf Show Times Podcast. I'm Kenneth Arthur, and with me as always, Blaine Didasco. And speaking of a fiasco, he was down at the game today as the Rams pull out a 28-19 victory against the Detroit Lions. Not the performance that a lot of people were expecting or one that even one could feel that optimistic about against a team that is now 0-7. And the Lions, you know, apart from their 0-7 record, apart from the fact that there's a couple of games that they probably either could have won, won or should have won, and they've hung in a, in a couple other games, and they look like a half-decent team today for most of it, I, I don't think that that is a promising sign for the Rams that they allowed more yards per play to the Lions than they themselves had today. That's uh, signs of concern, I think, for both the offense and the defense. And uh, we'll also get into the special teams, of course, as that played a role in this instant reaction podcast that comes out after every Rams game. Uh, Blaine, I'll, I'll go down to you first since you were on the scene, as they say. Um, how would you describe the fourth quarter energy there as the Rams trailed going into the fourth quarter? Yeah, it was weird. I mean, you know, I think the overwhelming sense was that the Rams are going to somehow pull this out. It, last time I referenced the the last time we were up against a winless team last year against the New York Jets. And that one, it just you could tell that something was not right early in the game and it just never got right. This game was different. It felt like things weren't right all along, but somehow the Rams would still end up pulling it out, which we did, um, I think, you know, in large part to do with the sort of trick plays that you know that that worked and contributed a lot to how the lions got the edge but that wasn't that wasn't the whole story which is like you said uh, unsettling uh but uh, i think still the feel in the stadium was that somehow the rams were going to pull this out whether whether pretty or not yeah so uh for anybody listening and you want a refresher uh, i imagine that nobody listens to this that didn't watch the game that this would be the way that you found out what happened to the rams well, that is, uh, uh, I, I'm honored. Uh, and so I think <laughs> I speak for Blaine. Wow, we're on. Yeah. Uh, right. But, you know, the, the funny thing is, I, so the trick plays, you know, the first thing being the uh, onside kick, which, again, you know, it's almost like the onside kick pulls attention away from the fact that the Lions had a 75-yard touchdown drive to open the game. You know, it's right. like, who cares about the onside kick? Who cares about... Right. You know, most teams, it's actually a fairly good probability, you know, relatively speaking, to do a surprise onside kick return uh, yeah. successfully. You know, it's a surprise. That's why it worked. You know, that's it. I don't know how you take that out on Joe T. Camillus. Who cares? Like, the mm -hmm. bigger thing being, why did the, the Rams allow a 75-yard touchdown drive uh, to open mm -hmm. this game? And why yeah. the Rams trailed in the first quarter of their last three games? Um after seemingly before Sean McVay being a first quarter beast, you know? So mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on these early struggles for the Rams? Uh, I think, you know, coach can't be happy about this one. You know, like again, uh, a little bit of a slow start. I mean, for the defense mostly in that uh, the, the Lions were successful, I think, in part of their game plan to keep the, to keep the Rams offense off the field. We didn't get on the field until there was, you know, we were halfway through the first quarter. So I think that part was successful and, you know, and coach can't be happy about that. Uh, but still, I think um, the missing part of the Rams offense was the run game. 
Um, you know, I think uh, the the Lions allowed the least amount of rush yards to the Rams that they did to anybody else in the season. So, you know, mm-hmm. that was ineffective as, as opposed to uh, on the on the Lions side, their running backs had a great day. And to me, that was a big, big mm-hmm. element in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think that uh, the Lions running backs could have uh, been the story of the game if the Lions had won mm-hmm. the game. And uh, so after the onside kick, you know, that's when the fake punt comes into play and the Lions run a successful fake punt. But again, this was in the first four minutes of the game. Uh, The fake punt eventually resulted in a field goal, which is, you know, a win for Dan Campbell to say that, hey, look, and you know, instead of it being seven, seven or whatever, if they had kicked Mm -hmm. off, they're up 10, nothing. This is a great advantage for the Lions. But at the end of the day, uh, the seven points wasn't because of the onside kick. And then the three points, you know, I could say there was something there. And then the other yeah. fake play today being another fake punt that worked and converted. And maybe that feels bad, but that drive ended with a turnover on downs. So uh, overall uh, those are just kind of maybe plays where you feel like, Oh, wow, we're getting uh, goofed around a little bit today. You know, maybe we feel oh. kind of silly at home, uh, it's something that the Rams used to do in the heyday all the time under John Fossil, which was, you know, if they weren't that exciting on offense and defense, they were going to damn be exciting on special teams. Um, but that also didn't result in very many wins. And so the, the bigger concern definitely, I think, for the Rams would uh, be the amount of points they could have won by or maybe uh, should have won by against a team like the Lions. Do you hold uh for a team that's six and one how confident do you feel about the rams uh not not really confident i mean uh you know we're definitely gonna have to you know play up to our competition it seems like we're doing the opposite uh coming out slow against these you know lesser teams i mean last week we're talking about just the first quarter uh but this but this game felt like we're a little lackadaisical and um, and it's mostly the run game. Our pass game, to me, was productive and successful today. Uh, but otherwise, there's no business that uh, the Detroit Lions today should have kept it close the way they did. So I think if there's any, you know, if there's anything to be looked at, it's our, you know, our, our defense, especially our secondary. A lot of questions uh, today. Our run game, but uh, I'd say that the pass game still silver lining, still a positive for the Rams. Yeah. And, and by the way, it's just like of all the games today that, uh, you know, maybe should have been a blowout. You look mm-hmm. around the league, you got the bucks beating the bears 38 to three. You got yep. the Cardinals beating the Texans 31 to five, which mm-hmm. I think like all of those points came in the second half. Uh, mm-hmm. You got the Raiders beating the Eagles 33 to 22 and, and the, the Raiders had held a very large advantage in that one. The Titans blew out the Chiefs 27 to 3. The Giants blew out the Panthers 25 to 3. The Patriots blew out the Jets 54 to 13. The mm-hmm. Bengals blew out the Ravens 41 to 17. Uh, and the Packers beat the Washington football team by two touchdowns. Uh, the only mm-hmm. close game being uh, the Falcons over the Dolphins. And both of those teams are generally thought to be bad. And, you know, there's a lot of maybe confusion a little bit about who are the good teams and the bad teams. Cause sometimes even teams like the Rams, where it's like one, one week, they, they look very comfortable in beating the Buccaneers. And then we've seen uh, like sort of the opposite version where how could the team that we saw today be a team that's going to stop Tom Brady in January, you know, is right. that, is that the case, you know, because 
to me, that's the the biggest concern, which is uh, mm-hmm. even if DeAndre Swift and, and Jamal Williams are very good uh, pieces here, uh, mm-hmm. it's more concerning to to get, you know, um, eaten up a little bit by Khalif Raymond right. now. And then later in the future, you're talking about Mike Evans, Devontae Adams, yeah. uh, CD Lamb. So yeah. um, what were the biggest concerns uh let's just start defensively was it was it run defense or is it these cornerbacks i think first first thing is the cornerbacks and um you know i think the one that stands out the most and uh would have to be david long i mean i think uh, today we went david long instead of robert rochelle in most situations it was david long and dante dion and uh it just gets more concerning with uh with the i mean with david long on the field uh, as you say, against this set of receivers even. So I think um, the Rams have some stuff to think about. You know, uh, Darius Williams should be back uh, before, you know, before, you know, before the end of the season, your next couple of weeks, and that'll be a, a plus. Uh, but without yeah. a, big, big concerns. Yeah, I mean, and the whether or not the Rams would make a move to add a cornerback in the middle of the season or another mm. position, who knows? Um, you know, one of the things that I just couldn't get away from even uh, during this game and afterwards was just the reminiscing on some of the off season choices and some of the choices of the last two years, players to keep players, not to keep, um, draft decisions, free agent decisions. Uh, and you know, like Deshaun Jackson, he gets one target yeah. today. That's a total of 15 targets. He's on yeah. pace for, you know, like maybe 20 catches this year. And even if he has, you know, even if he has 400 yards on those catches and even if he has a few, you know, breaking plays and stuff like this, it just doesn't, it just confuses me. Why couldn't Tutu Atwell or why couldn't your second round receiver be doing that for you? Other players of that uh, draft status these days are contributing. And we're not even asking that person to contribute a lot. We're talking about, well, if you had a role for someone like Tutu Atwell, uh, where it's just going to be one or three targets, uh, you know, uh, or, you know, maybe you're running five to 10 routes in a game, you know, mm-hmm. why did you have to pay $4 million for Deshaun Jackson? Mm-hmm. Um, so what are your thoughts in terms of maybe do you, with, with all, with the way that things are going in the utilization, do you think that the second and third round draft choices of the last couple of years were utilized in the right ways? Well, I think, uh, you know, we're seeing Van Jefferson, we're seeing that investment, that pick pay yeah. off this season. So I think, uh, you know, I, it might be long-term uh, thinking with Tutu Atwell. So I, you know, I think we're going to see what we're seeing from Tutu the rest of the season, which is, you know, proof that it's a, it's a long-term plan with that guy. Uh, and Deshaun Jackson could be part of that plan uh, in that let's get this guy in this veteran who will have explosive plays. We might get a couple more touchdowns from Deshaun Jackson, hopefully in key moments, uh, in the rest of the season, but otherwise it's very much for the development of Tutu Atwell. So I think if Tutu Atwell can come out strong and show some development and contribute the way Van Jefferson is next year, especially should we not have Deshaun Jackson next year, then that'll, you know, that'll be signs of, uh, value for the pick. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I know some people might be listening to this and thinking, what, what, what is, uh, you know, what is he talking about? What is Kenny talking about? What is he, what are you on about? Because, you know, it's a win. The, the Rams got a win yeah. in 2018, 19 and 
you know, Matthew Stafford. So it's Matthew Stafford, 28 of 41, 334 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, uh, sacked one time. And, uh, you know, Cooper Cup, and we'll get into Cooper Cup. And, and obviously mm-hmm. it's like, okay, great. So plays it. And, and he's bring up like Van Jefferson, four catches, 43 yards, and a touchdown. Just to reiterate, mm-hmm. the Lions came in ranked 32nd in yards per pass attempt allowed. So could yeah. say that that is the most important stat that there is. So this could be the uh, for pass defense. Uh, and so if, if that's the case, if this is a bottom three or bottom five pass defense in the NFL, I have to grade all of these numbers on a curve and mm-hmm. say, you know, Tom Brady, I mean, we're just talking about, and I'm not talking about like, oh, the Rams of old where uh, maybe you would just think in the mindset of like, yeah, get to the playoffs and, and see what mm-hmm. happens. No, these are the Rams mm-hmm. of, get to the super bowl right so you got to be the best team so that's why i say when i talk about the best team tom brady faces the bears same team that uh matthew stafford and the rams faced and matthew stafford won nfc offensive player of the week you know 20 of 36 uh 211 yards four touchdowns no interceptions uh that's an okay game in terms of statistically uh the four touchdowns and no interceptions obviously but you know the bucks blew them out 38 to 3 rams also played well i'm just putting it up onto the most important uh, level, which is against a team like the lions, you know, you do, you do want to win to a greater degree, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we were all looking for the kind of, you know, performance that we had against the giants. So uh, it's uh, concerning uh, for sure. You know, we've seen both though. So I think we've seen uh, the team step up and play, play up uh when when the when the need is when the need is there against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers so it is it is strange to think of this team as the same team that beat the Bucks here in the same building uh so I think that's you know either that's going to be all right as long as we keep pulling out the win but uh you know come playoff time when it's time to find out or even not even playoff time later in the season when it's come to find out what the Packers are about the Cowboys are about Mm -hmm. playoffs maybe then, uh, then you know, it's going to be elimination time. And so we better be on our P's and Q's. So that's why this kind of game is concerning. Otherwise, like Sean McVay says, you know, we ought to be coming out fast and being convincing like so many other teams this week. Yeah. And, you know, to flip things around, you know, it's uh, as we said before, you know, the Rams are six and one. Um, <clears throat> with the way things are looking, I would assume that their playoff odds have to be realistically over 90%, just mm-hmm. because... There isn't a lot of competition after the top five teams right now. These five teams have really gotten off to a large lead. Seven and oh Cardinals, six and one Bucks, six and one Packers, six and one Rams. Uh, the yeah. Cowboys are five and one, and obviously uh right there with them. So uh those five teams, and then you've got the Saints at three and two. And unsurprisingly, I mean, those are just teams that I I don't expect to keep up because of their quarterback situations, and other teams are just falling out of it. Um, so it does seem like obviously the Rams are going to make the playoffs it's, it is a big difference in terms of whether or not they're going to be better than the Arizona Cardinals, um, mm-hmm. because that's the difference, not between a one seed and a two seed, but a one seed and a five seed. So okay. it's a big difference there to be able to keep up with the Cardinals, uh, the Cardinals, um, how, do, how do you feel any differently today based on where the Cardinals are at and where the Rams are at? 
Yeah, I didn't get to see the Cardinals game, but uh, but the score says that they, you know, they won pretty convincingly. And um, so, and with our performance today, that I, like I said, I get that thing. We got we got concerns. Um, the next sort of test, you know, we we're gonna have the Texans next week. So again, that's another team that we should, you know, we should be putting up points against. We should be holding down to low production. But then after that, we got the Tennessee Titans back here at home. So that's going to be our next sort of good test, especially the way that they're playing now. Should they come in here healthy with A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, Derek Henry will be in the building. So hopefully if we can put up a good performance against them, then that'll give us our next sort of barometer for where we stand versus teams like the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, this is like such a clear uh, opportunity to show what I mean in terms of like playing a good team versus playing a bad team and relative mm-hmm. to how other teams play them because yeah, the mm-hmm. Cardinals, they beat, they beat the Texans 31 to five. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, had them, had them out of range by halftime and then just put it on. And, you know, the mm-hmm. Texans have now, by the way, in their last five games uh, scored nine points, zero points, Oof. 22 points, three points and five points. So that's four out of five games under 10 points. The other part of that is that I believe Tyrod Taylor might return as the starter next week, Mm -hmm. but I don't know if Tyrod Taylor is one of the top 30 quarterbacks in the NFL Mm -hmm. anyway. (laughs) So, you know, it'll be interesting to see if the Texans uh, would start Tyrod Taylor. I think they seem pretty intent on losing as many games as they can. Um, And so at the end of the day, though, it's still just saying like, well, if the Cardinals had played the lions today, would it have been such a close game? You know, they played a team that's maybe almost as bad and they blew out as people would have expected. So that's certainly where some of the, the, maybe just, concerns come from that may or may not play into it down the line. The bucks were a fine kind of like of average team after the first three months last year and Mm -hmm. then got hot at the right time. And the Rams have the pieces to get hot. Are there any players on, uh, on defense, let's say, because the offense it's like pretty well set who the key players are and they'll be, and they're like a lot of veteran guys to expect stuff from it's defense where we're kind of hoping for some breakouts. Are there any players on defense where you say like, yeah, well, if this guy continues to play like he ha- has, or if this guy can, if this guy starts to play better, uh, the Rams defense will look a lot more formidable in the coming two or three months, which, which players do you think you might pull out of that? The first one is kind of the obvious one. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, he had a good game today, if you ask me, um, sort of, I guess, proving the value of his star position. Uh, seemed like he was pretty involved today in the rush, in the backfield, breaking up passes. Um, so I think uh, today and then with, the, uh, with his interception. Um, uh, after that, then uh, still, uh, I think a bit of a question mark, but, you know, Robert Rochelle, I think we could give him a couple more looks mm-hmm. um, uh, since we're seeing that, I don't know, maybe like I said, uh, more so who's standing out, you know, let's, let's make, let's decide here who's not working for us, I guess. Um, David Long looks like, he looks like, let's give Robert Rochelle um, uh, more looks. Terrell mm-hmm. Lewis, glad to have him at least on the field. And he looks like he can, you know, he's being disruptive there. Um, so I think those are the names that stand out to me on defense, but uh, secondary, big question mark, but, you know, Jalen Ramsey is still doing his thing. 
And what's your final thoughts? Uh, when I give you ask for your final th- thoughts here, why don't you talk mm-hmm. about what are your final thoughts on the special teams? Is that any, is that a big concern for you? Is that um, more just in line with uh, sort of the quirks of uh, trick plays? Yeah, I don't know. I think the biggest concern would be the second fake punt, right? I mean, like you said, anybody that goes for a, a fake or an onside kickoff mm-hmm. in the first quarter, like you said, the probability is pretty high, and that's almost a gimme. Although, you know, the savviest of, I don't know, the best def- uh, special teams coaches will have their teams ready almost always, especially yeah. when you know when you know a team like the Lions are coming in and are going to have to pull pull cards like that. Uh, so, you know, if you give them that fake kick, uh, the onside kickoff, if you give them the first fake punt, then you got to question the second fake punt when we should be on alert. And I thought, you know, uh, I thought uh, John Fossil did a g- good job of at least that, at least being having disciplined teams that were sound in that regard to not get caught by the trick plays like we saw today. By the way, there are five teams in the NFL that have zero or one loss, and they're all in the NFC. The and these are the standings in the AFC, in case anyone didn't know. Number one, the Bengals are the number one seed in the five at five and two. Number two, the Raiders at five and two. Number three, the Titans at five and two. Uh, number four, the Bills at four and two. Number five, the Ravens at five and two. And then number six, the Chargers at five and two, uh, four and two. Uh, just interesting that there's just that's how closely compact everything is in the AFC and both that both conferences just seem to have a lot of bad teams though uh, which makes for like a lot of these matchups sort of that we it seems like we saw today where big scores and deficits can happen but uh, yeah anyway the Rams at least come out on top who cares what the uh, score is maybe as long as uh, now they have more things to identify what to fix or change in the future and uh, I'm certain that Sean McVay will be working on that and uh, we'll be working on uh, covering how that goes so uh, keep going to Turf Show Times subscribe to this podcast Uh, We'll be back with a preview show in the middle of the week. And then uh, the last minute thoughts podcast with Rob and JB on Saturday, as the Rams prepare to face the Houston Texans, an opportunity right there, a golden chance to go to seven and one on the season. Hey, as I said, how it's just so weird. How, what if that was a seven and one and the number five seed still in uh, the NFC? Cause that's what could happen. Uh, but you got to keep up with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, so keep up with us. Uh, thank you, Blaine Didasco. Make sure to find Blaine Didasco on Twitter. Uh, check out his posts on Turf Show Times. And uh, we'll be back with another instant reaction after the game next week. So come back then.